Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Business School Question. I'm your host, Marco Dinovellis, and this is a podcast for anyone considering applying to business school. Every episode, we interview a leading expert from the business school world and ask them one key admissions question to help you on your journey to business school. On today's episode, we're asking the question, how can you choose the right business school? To answer it, we're joined by Nunzio Quacclarelli, founder and CEO of QS Quacclarelli Simmons. Nunzio knew he wanted to be an entrepreneur from the age of 14. He was partly influenced by his father, who ran a chain of restaurants as an Italian immigrant to the UK. Later, during an MBA at Wharton in 1990, Nunzio founded QS as part of a student project, publishing career and education guides for international students. Over the next 28 years, Nunzio developed QS into what it is today, a company that hires over 250 employees across five continents and alongside its applicants' events and rankings of MBA and business master's programs is best known for its world university rankings released each year. Nunzio, thank you for joining us. Hi, Marco. Pleasure to be here. Choosing the right business school is no easy feat. There's a lot of business schools out there and there's a lot of ranking systems out there that throw out different results. A school ranked first by QS might not be ranked first by the Financial Times, The Economist or US News. Plus, there's a lot more to choosing a business school than just looking at the rankings, but they are a good place to start. Nunzio, when you were considering business schools for your MBA in the late 1980s, there was no Financial Times ranking US News was just starting up. How did you know that Wharton was the right business school for you? Well, thank you, Marco. It's a pleasure to be able to address questions which have been really important in my life. Um, choosing the right school has been uh, very instrumental in my in my future career. So as you've already pointed out, I started early in, in considering business school, probably earlier than most. Uh, I was 14 when I met a professor from Manchester Business School, and I told him that I wanted to uh, eventually run my own business. And he said, well, Nunzio, if you want to do that, you have to come to Manchester Business School. And if you want to come to Manchester Business School, you have to get into Cambridge. And that kind of started a journey for me. So um, I managed to get into Cambridge and I took my GMAT at 19 when I was at uh, Cambridge studying economics. I then went and joined a consulting firm, a strategy consulting firm, and decided at the age of 24 that I was ready to uh, take the next step and and go to business school, as had been my plan. I chose not to go to Manchester Business School, and I went through you know, quite a lot of analysis at that stage to help make the choice. And this was pre-internet. I mean, there was no internet. I mean, it's very hard for the the listener today to understand that. So I did go to a a business school fair that was organised in London. And I met um, a number of business school representatives. I also turned to experts, so people who I felt were informed. And amongst that group, I turned to the partners of my consulting firm because I felt they were people who would have good insight. And amongst that group, there were partners who'd been to Harvard and Wharton and Stanford and London Business School, etc. And... So I think that that perspective was very helpful for me. They took the time to tell me a little bit about their kind of experiences. And I also bought a guide because, again, pre-internet, you had to get a book. And I I sort of looked at some of the data 
data and some of the facts to help me um, ascertain that really any of those schools I mentioned would be relevant and I needed to then choose based on, on very personal objectives uh, which one I would finally settle for. Okay, fantastic. And, and, and that sort of experience eventually uh, led you, Nunzio, to, to come up with the idea for your company, for QS. What sort of aspect of that experience triggered the idea that, that something more was needed? Well, actually, the, the expert advice is something which has really been influential in the formation of, of QS and the way we have helped to meet our mission, which is to help other motivated young people like I was to fulfill their educational and mobility and career objectives. So when you look at how we approach our own rankings, both the QS World University rankings and the um, QS rankings of of, uh, business school programs, full-time MBA and specialist masters, we conduct a global employer survey, over 50,000 employers, and we try to target uh, for employers who are themselves actively engaged in the hiring process, whether they be partners of um, consulting firms themselves or um, HR managers of major companies, even line managers in manufacturing companies, for example. Those are people who are really involved in choosing candidates who are relevant for their organizations and are judging the business schools not based on esoteric criteria, but on how practically the candidates they've hired before them have served their companies. And so that's a major part of our our approach to evaluating business schools and kind of ties in with my own experience and ties in with our um, approach to ranking. So employability is a major axiom of of all QS research based on on, um, my own selection process. So when someone's uh, considering a business school, um, do you think employability uh, is the most important thing? Thinking about what they want to do after is important to have in mind. I mean, not every student knows what they want to do afterwards, but do you think they should? So from a subject, subjective point of view, I would, my answer would be yes. But I appreciate that everyone is different. And so... Uh, I think the the correct answer is it depends. Employability can um, mean many things. So some people want to do want to go on to to further research and become academics. It's a small community of the business school population, but that is still a, a an outcome. Uh, I think that starting your own business is an increasingly popular outcome from business education, and the criteria for starting your own business are slightly different from getting a job in a bank or a consulting firm. And so there, there are many aspects to employability. So the answer to your question subjectively is yes. The answer is it depends. You have to refine your criteria and your evaluation of the data depending on your own career objectives. And if you don't know what you want to do, that's fine. Lots of people go to business school without a clear vision of what they want to do. But I still think it's helpful to understand the kind of employment outcomes the business programs lend themselves towards so you know what your options are going to be afterwards. The worst thing is to, I think, invest in MBA in the dark. The more research you do, the more informed you are, the more relevant and I think the more correct your choice will be. Uh, so in your opinion, what, what are the key things people should consider when, when choosing a business school aside from uh, 
the employability the sort of past students going to after yeah. graduation uh, uh, leave the career specific side apart what 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 other sure. things should people consider sure. so leaving the employability side apart and and we've done a lot of research of MBA applicants so we kind of know what matters to the most across a very large sample so return on investment you know clearly comes high on the agenda it's not just the numerator which is the kind of salary you're going to achieve it's also the denominator which is the sort of tuition cost less any scholarship or funding that you can achieve and the opportunity cost and the and the living costs that you will incur whilst on the program so for many candidates understanding all those different variables is important for them to help to make an informed decision the other point, which I think um, is overlooked by many organisations, but which can be important, is it's also sort of thought leadership and, and academic strength, because the world of modern business is becoming more and more complicated, and in order to really prepare yourself and be equipped for a, a leadership role, you kind of need to have access to leading edge knowledge in your field of expertise or your field of interest. Sorry, I, I do believe that um, business schools have a responsibility to create knowledge that is at the leading edge of, of business. And some business schools are better than others at doing that. There are many, many other variables that can be taken into account. You know, I have to come to location. You know, a lot of people um, believe that MBA education is a, is a global service and that it's a global market. There is still some truth though that if you know that you want to spend your life in a particular region, you perhaps want to, well, you want to work in, in that region as well. There are advantages in studying in that region. So, for example, you know, the, an institution is likely to have a better network of employers locally. It's likely to have a better alumni community, a richer alumni community locally. And it is probably going to be easier for you to interview and make connections locally as well. So you know, I, I've always advised, you know, even from um, I first started uh, QS, that you know, if you want to work in the US, you are probably better off doing your MBA education in the US. If you do want to work in Europe, there are you know, many advantages in actually studying in Europe. And increasingly, this is true in Asia as well, that if you want to have a career and live your life in Asia and you're not an Asian national, gaining experience in Asia can be very useful. So then you say, well, Nunzio, you don't work in the US. You went to study in the US. Uh, you're not practicing what you preach. And the answer is that you know, it, it depends. I wanted to start my own business, but I wanted to gain exposure to the US. I wanted to build a network in the US to serve my entrepreneurial ambitions at a later date. So even though we're headquartered in the UK, QS probably has more clients in the US than any other country in the world. And you know, the lessons I learned from business education in America have been invaluable. And is it the case that US schools are you know, more world-renowned than, than other schools? So if you have an MBA degree from Harvard or Wharton, it, it does set you up for a global career? Or, or is, is it very much the case that if you want a career in, in France, then there's no point doing an MBA anywhere else apart from in France? So it depends. The answer 
to your question is that you know Wharton and Harvard are global brands. They, uh, as you said earlier, they don't always come top of of particular rankings. In fact, you know Harvard has has rarely figured at the top of a a global ranking in the last twenty years, only on a, on a few occasions. But whether it's uh, Wharton, Harvard, Stanford, you know a group of other schools, or even some of the top European schools, they have global impact and they have global reputation. And that is to the benefit of someone who wants to have a, a global career, for sure. My qualification is that if you know you want to live and work in France for the rest of your career, there are plenty of really strong grand écoles that have the most amazing networks. You have to do your own research, understand your own needs and goals, and then make a choice. Absolutely. Uh, and let's get on to cost here. Wharton is not cheap. I think it's probably the, the most expensive MBA tuition there is currently. And how far is the more expensive a program is, the better it is? So I regret the fact that Wharton is today the most expensive MBA in terms of headline tuition. I um, I'm not a fan of the above inflation increases in um, MBA tuition of the last uh, decade. Uh, what I would say is that a lot of business schools have quite extensive scholarship and financial aid programs, and that for many candidates, there are partial scholarships available that significantly reduce those total tuition costs. I also believe that there is no correlation between the cost of an MBA and the MBA that is best for you as an individual, for all the reasons I've already discussed. So if we think about now um, someone going about their research into business schools, you've got to think about what your career path is. You've got to think about what professors are going to be teaching you. What access do you have to the latest cutting edge research? You've got to think about costs, scholarships as well. How important are, are rankings in all of this? QS is, is a big rankings organization. How should applicants use rankings? So uh, as the um, person who leads the organization that produces the world's most popular rankings, I would say that you need to treat rankings with caution. I don't think they should drive your personal decision. I think they should be a tool and use rankings to provide you with insight in the areas that matter to you. So be intelligent in the way you use rankings. Rankings have multiple criteria. I think you need to read the methodologies. You need to understand those criteria. Um, read articles that compare rankings and methodologies. And you need to then identify which of those criteria are relevant for you and how do they influence your choice. So again, I've said for many years, I think the Financial Times is a, a really good ranking, but especially for candidates that want to work in the financial services sector, because the measure that it puts most weight on is salary three years after graduation, well, compensation three years after graduation amongst alumni. And you know, even after the financial crisis, investment banks and banks pay much higher total compensation at that three-year stage than any other industry. And therefore, schools that are putting a high proportion of alumni into that, those careers are going to outperform. And, and there is a strong correlation between FT rankings and people going to those career paths. So it's very useful for, for a group of MBA aspirants. For those of you who want to start your own business, it's kind of not that relevant. It doesn't provide any insight into the proportion of students who are going to start their own business or the number of alumni who have been 
successful in starting their own business. And that's exactly what QS has looked to answer. So we have a new criteria, which is called entrepreneurship and alumni outcomes. And it aggregates alumni from hundreds of schools using tens of thousands of data points to look at where uh, alumni who are successful entrepreneurs or are Fortune 1000 uh, directors or who are partners of consulting firms or who are in government uh, senior positions or lead NGOs, which schools they went to, which programs they went to. And that then provides a, a guide to the prospective candidate. And we think that that's a, a fresh lens, a, a different lens that can be quite useful. Fantastic. So when you're choosing a business school, compare rankings methodologies, look into how rankings are worked out, compare different rankings, probably look at rankings over time, the historical rankings. I guess you can't look at one ranking by one rankings provider and, and take that as gospel. That, that's just an interpretation. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so rankings form a, a sort of starting point for uh, an applicant and something to have in mind when choosing a school, but, but not follow it directly. Um, is there anything that, that you'd recommend that people don't think about when they're choosing a school, that people should ignore the noise about when they're thinking about choosing the right school for them? That's a great question. I mean, again, it's a little bit subjective. So yeah, there is a, a ranking produced by the Princeton Review, which I think is the uh, party ranking. And okay. <laughs> you can find out, you can find out which, um, which uh, universities and business schools have the best parties. I think Arizona State is, is the uh, top of that, but it may only be US. <laughs> um, actually, maybe that is, a, is one that you should look at. So I, I think that just the fact that a, a business school is big is not in of itself um, necessarily a good thing. You know, there are um, business schools which are very large and, and that has helped them to create large communities of alumni. And I think that in, in the current business environment, old and traditional is not necessarily great. You do want to see evidence of innovation, forward thinking, and Sometimes smaller programs can be more nimble, more relevant to um, a modern issue or topic. And so it is about doing your research. Yeah, particularly if you have a, a field of business that you're interested in, you should look at in detail you know, which institutions are, are active in that field. So you know, world units rankings, we have 48 uh, subject rankings where people can identify um, which universities have the best research and outcome by subject. That's because generally across the higher education space, people want to understand strength in a particular field. You know, business education can be treated as a broad brush. It's a generalist education, but increasingly cross-disciplinary courses are important. And if you find an institution that has a business school and a department that's really strong in a particular field. So yeah, Imperial College comes to mind with its biomedical departments. Its business school does a lot of cross-departmental work with those faculty. Those kind of multidisciplinary programs and opportunities are, are really interesting. So yeah, I guess it's looking at what, what makes that school unique in the market, whether it's especially focused on on change management or whether it's especially focused on finance, those sorts of niches. 
and and where it's got where it's got particular strength in a in a in an academic field and offers integration with that academic field and that is happening more and more and it creates opportunities for non-traditionally dominant business schools to create real excellence in a particular field. So I was interviewing Professor John Quelch, who's the new dean at Miami University Business School, and they are developing programs in sustainable business because Miami is a center for uh, environmental science research excellence, and it can integrate business education with that specialization and do it in a way that not many other universities can do to the same level. I think that's interesting. So yeah, to answer your question, what you shouldn't look at is just rely on tradition and size as a guide to um, excellence for you. You need to be much more rigorous in your research. And under that, I guess, comes the same idea about what other people say, the noise. Uh, you know, everyone's asking alumni from schools how their experiences were, and, and that's a very useful source of information. But how far should you listen to what other people say uh, as opposed to going for something that's really right for your career path so i, I think i think absolutely I, I i think that qs i i mentioned earlier we do take the expert view but we sample large numbers of employers we sample large numbers of academics so that we are obtaining a you know, statistically significant and and really important insight into how institutions are recognized in their different fields and different subjects of excellence and you can't do that on your own you can't sample enough alumni from enough schools on your own. You, you have to have organizations like ours to do that kind of work for you. Fantastic. And so, Nunzi, if you had one summarizing uh, words of advice uh, or some words of advice for prospective business school students in terms of how they can go about choosing the right school, what, what would you say to them? So I, I think a philosophy that has, has stood me well is don't go with the herd. Don't follow the herd instinct. Do your own research understand what you want to do and how an MBA education or business school education is going to help you meet your own personal goals. And that requires a little bit of rigor in your research. And one of the things I didn't mention earlier is, is uh, you know, self-assessment. Be honest with yourself. You know, do the self-assessment to, to really understand what you want to do and then make your, do your research to see how you're going to meet that. Thank you very much, Nunzio. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Business School Question. Do look out for our next episode, where we'll be speaking to Virginie Fouguer, Director of Admissions at INSEAD, and asking her, what's the biggest mistake you can make in your MBA application? You can download our podcast on iTunes. On your iOS device, open the podcast's app, then tap Browse at the bottom of the screen and type in The Business School Question. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate and review it on iTunes. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Tell your colleagues and friends. The Business School Question is brought to you by the team at Business Because. Without a doubt, my favourite online publisher dedicated to graduate management education. Whether you're considering an MBA, EMBA or Business Master's programme, read more Business School news and get practical resources to help your business school application on businessbecause.com. Hi, my name is Gareth Howells, Executive Director of the MBA MIF and Early Career Programs at London Business School. And when I'm not trying to admit the very best students, I'm listening to the business school question.